Hello, everyone. Um, may not have expected us back. We made ourselves the gag of the podcast that never records after a loss, but we're going to break that duck this year, even if it just has to be two of us. So right now it's me and Ian. What's up? What's up, dude? How's it going? Uh, I mean, pretty good. I haven't watched any football this weekend. I've been avoiding it after Friday, kind of ruined my appetite for it. But <laughs> I've got Empoli and Lecce on over here to my right. So it's Umtiti's debut at Lecce and then um, Satriano's first start at Empoli. So maybe that'll reignite some interest in football for me um, before Tuesday when we play Cremonese. I mean, how are you, though? I think we've seen better days as Inter fans. <laughs> I've seen worse days too, though. I mean, I've seen oh, plenty of worse days. For sure. For sure. But we've seen better days, especially in the recent years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. But it is what it is. Yeah. What's the next match? It's- uh yeah, it's Cremonese at home on Tuesday. Right. That'll be trying to bounce back. I mean, it's been a rough week. I mean, you get the Champions League draw, um, where it's, of course, Bayern and Barcelona. So that's this past – that was Thursday, right? So you get uh, that news Thursday, I think it was. Uh-huh. Then the match Friday, match doesn't go very well. Yesterday, I mean, it was pretty quiet. And then today, news that Lukaku has a thigh strain. Um out at least for Cremonese, a doubt for the Derby. And, I mean, that's the only guy that I really had faith in turning the Derby around after the past couple because he always seemed to own Milan. But if he's still not fit and still having the same issues he had at Chelsea, then, I mean, we're kind of we're kind, we're kind of up shit paddle without a creek or up shit creek without a paddle. It sounds funnier the other way. But, yeah, it's not looking good right now. Well, you don't have faith in Jaco and Correa? I mean, I'm hoping for maybe a Lautaro Correa or maybe Aslani in the midfield and we push up um, Chalanolu. Uh, I saw something about that, but they were talking about playing like a 3-3-3-1 or something, and that just sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, that is the ultimate just... I don't even know what to call that. That's something you do in football manager and then get slapped like 3-1. I was about to say <laughs> all the trickratistas and registas. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just it. It's not looking good. Uh, one injury and back to what the attack looked like yesterday. I mean, not yesterday, but last year. Uh, I don't know. Uh, how are you feeling though? Uh, can you find any positive? Is there anything right now at this? The moment? only positive about the Inter that I can find is that I can finally go to Barcelona for for a match and to Munich. Um, other than that, it's pretty bleak. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I know. mean, at least it's a at least it's a relegation candidate coming up. I mean, Milan's right after, but you really need a win here. You yeah. have to a confidence booster or something, man. Yeah, you you can't have a lot of you know just undue pressure that you don't need at this point in the season. Like, I mean, I've already seen. I mean, it's. It's just reactionary, but people calling for Inzaghi's head, and uh, that's way too, way too early. I get, I get that it's not pretty, but it's kind of what what we're stuck with right now because there's no other manager that's going to come here and that's going to take this team. So we've got to, we've got to, we've got to soldier on, and I guess is a way to put it. But 
Um, to go back to the match, I guess. I guess that's going to be our main talking point. I mean, you watch the whole thing. Um, you've got some stats up. Um, does it all? I don't know. Did the stats reflect the match that you think you watched? Uh, not really. I mean, some do, some don't. Some paint a very interesting picture and some questionable um, lineup choices that maybe we could go over, but it wasn't really um, as straightforward as it as the scoreline reflects. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we were talking about it earlier. I know you have some interesting things pulled up here. Um, I'll yeah. throw it up on the screen real quick. There we go. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, so we all know how we played Roberto Gagliardini instead of Kalkanoglu, um, there on the left, the supposed Milinkovic Savic kryptonite, the, the man that has been playing every Lazio derby for the past 20 years, it seems. Um, it, it was interesting. Um, if I can just make my way down on this OSPC, um, first, here we have. The general stats, I don't know. I mean, the attempts here, we, we had eight more shots than Lazio. Same amount of shots on target. And yet we had seven more as well off target. It was like so, so poor, um, poor shot conversion on our part. Um, especially seeing how they, they really took their chances. You know, the, the, the Milinkovic Savage passed to... Who was it? Felipe Anderson on the first goal was. Of just, course, you know, it was to Felipe Anderson. Of course, <laughs> the most washed-up man on Lazio scores against us yet again. Um, no, but it was interesting, you know, and seeing how we had most of the possession and yet we also committed more fouls by seven as well. It's just, I don't know. We really stopped the play there. Um, balls forward as well. We had way more balls played forward. Here you can see 188 towards. 204 of ours. I don't know. It, uh, it, I felt it, like balls were being played forward, but they were to no one in a exactly. way. Or exactly. you'd get to the final third and then no one could find that last pass because even though we had, you know, a decent amount of shots on goal, I didn't feel like we had good quality of chances. Like it just felt like get the ball in the box. This is the only time we're going to get it here. So you just better put it, put it at the goalie somewhere. And it just True. was not, it did not work. True. It did not work. Yeah, like we had 99 accurate uh, accurate passes in the final third and 204 total balls played forward. You know, it, about half of them went into the final third. And yet, what did we do with them? Basically nothing. You know, and even if I, I was looking at the quarter ball possession, which I think is one of the most fascinating stats there. Um, in the first 15 minutes, we had the majority of the ball and then a little bit more here from 16 to 30. But then we just gave them the ball right until the basically the end, until the final 15, 20 minutes, you know. They had most of the possession. It was at that time that they scored. Um, so they scored the first goal here, I believe, in the 40th minute, if I'm not mistaken. Then we scored somewhere around there in the start of the second half. And then they just two quick fire goals somewhere around there in the middle, you know. Um, we just lost all momentum that we built, like, in the first half an hour, you know. Um, it, it, it was a really poor, poor um, display on that part. Um, and even if we go down here below... Um, I just want to point this out. So the statistic I want to look at, let me know if it's, if you can see it well. It's like screen. a baseball box score. I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. Serie A stats are one of the most interesting stats there are. I don't know. Just the layout is very, very, um, 
very interesting. But here we have the, the attempt bar. Um, as you can see, Screenyard, the bar had one, Dumfries had one, uh, two, Razovich had one. The most attempts were by Lothar Martinez. And then if you look at second most, it was fucking Lukaku and Gallardini tied. The man that was supposed to man mark Milinkovic Savage, and that was his only fucking job, had three shots on, uh, towards goal. I, I find that amazing, you know, that he had the same as Lukaku. Um, and more than our two midfielders combined, you know, Burrell didn't have even a single shot. But oh well, um, you, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. But still, you know, having the, even if you look at this, the attempts, you know, Giro Immobile for Lazio had four of them, and then it's basically us. You know, five, three, three, and two for from Kachanoglu. And Kachanoglu only played 13 minutes and had two shots towards goal, which was more than basically everyone else on our team and everyone else on Lazio's team. Yeah, um, I mean, I think Inzaghi really overthinks when he plays against Lazio, especially at in Rome. I I thought he had the same problem last season. Um, obviously, it was the same result. I mean, they were very similar matches. Um, you know, I think Inter went up in that one, though. I think it was 1-0 at one point and then three unanswered. But to get that and get it to 1-1 and then just collapse at 1-1 is what happened at the last one, even if, you know, all the other circumstances were a little different before. I mean, bringing in Galliardini to start, you think he's going to man Mark Malinkovic-Savage, but – when you don't have the creativity you had on the wings last season, you have to stay with your positive midfield. You can't take Jalanolu out for Gagliardini like that. I mean, we saw the dude like step on the ball and like <laughs> almost break his whole leg off. I mean, I don't know what this dude was doing. Like leaving Milinkovic Savic. I mean, there were other guys that were also at fault on the first goal. I think Lukaku should have been applying pressure. Um, Bastoni and DeMarco both needed to know where Felipe Anderson was. And in that move, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Felipe Anderson and just so much space. And I'm like, there's no one picking that guy up. He could, he's going to go to the, he's going to crash the box. We're going to see something happen. And then as soon as that ball goes up in the air, I know who it's going to, cause I've been looking at it. Like I've been watching this develop for a solid minute and he just finishes it off. I mean, um, Defensive just missteps everywhere, I felt, at least on the first goal, and heads dropped um, going into the half. Second half, you get the goal. You build some momentum off of that goal, and then you can't break through, and then Inzaghi gets completely outclassed by Sari with substitutions because it was his two substitutions that scored the two, the two final goals, so... Just completely outclassed um, managerially. It doesn't mean that I don't think Inzaghi is the right guy for this team or anything like that, at least at this moment. I just I think he overthinks Lazio too hard because, I mean, that is the club that the club that gave him pretty much everything. So I see why it happens, but then in the flip side, he, do, he did win at home last season. So, I mean... I guess if you win there, it's not really much of a wash. I don't even know when we play Lazio again. But if you win there, I mean, it's the same amount of points you got off of Lazio last season. Go try to make up whatever points you need in other places, which winning a derby for the first time in the league since Lukaku was here last would go a long ways into helping that. But that's a ways off. But 
yeah, we're going to have to find points other places. That's why I would have been happy with a draw at 1-1. You didn't give these points last season. So a draw would have shown slight improvements. Uh, I, that was something that I found really disappointing, that we couldn't improve on this result after having a whole year to learn from it because Lazio didn't change much as a team. Inter didn't change much as a team. The manager stayed the same. That's that that's poor management to me. True, yeah. I mean, um, also, yeah, just the fact that I really don't know why Kalanoglu didn't play. You know, on paper, I really want to go out on a limb and say that we can uh, go at least toe-to-toe with every team in the league, if not, like, that we're better than, like, let's say, the top two or three. Um, we even showed last season in Europe that we can play against those bigger teams. You know, we we outplayed Madrid twice and got burned twice. Uh, we outplayed Liverpool, basically, in their uh, at Anfield, you know. So I really don't know why um, Nazagi thought it was the correct decision to to remove some part of the creativity and the attacking threat um, by taking out Karanoglu, bringing in a statue basically of Gagliardini. Um, I get that he he kind of in theory could work, but we've seen it numerous times that it doesn't really work, does it? Now, <laughs> I mean, to just slap him on the pitch and put him. Um, Put him up against like this all creative guy that the opposition team has. It it just doesn't work, you know. We've seen it against Lazio like what three times now. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing it against one of the smaller teams, one of the few small teams that tries to play progressively, yeah, it'll work. But that's because he's playing against some dude that was in City of Chi like two seasons ago. But I mean, to try to do it against one of the top teams, try to do it against arguably the best best midfielder in the league, you don't want to do that. I don't, I don't know what he saw. I don't know how how much faith. I don't really know why he has that much faith in it in um, Gagliardini. Honestly, we saw that he wanted Gagliardini at Lazio while he was still at Lazio. Um, that was one of the only suitors that guy could ever get, um, and I guess that helps his job security now. But I, I really don't understand it. I know what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be the guy that breaks up play. He's supposed to, you know, be a safe bet on the ball. He's not gonna split the lines like he did last match. Um, with the final goal, I think it was for Korea, but you don't you don't expect that from him. You, you, I don't know what you even really expect much of anything. I know what the sp- stereotype is, but he does not play it. He's not that guy. He just isn't. He doesn't have the facilities for anything. And uh, this is stuff that Inter fans have said for you know years. I don't think it's a very controversial take. So. I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, we could we could stomp that guy into the ground, and he's still gonna you know be right back out there next week. So I mean, kudos to him. I guess um, it, it takes some kind of guts to keep going out there when you know, or supposedly, probably, kind of know that at least you're not favored by the fans that are coming out there. But he's always out there. Um, what a trooper! I'll give Somehow. him that. Yeah. No- the thing that pops into my mind is, I think Inzaghi tried to do with Gagliardini here that what Pioli tried to do with Kessier towards Brozovic when you just have him mark the shit out of him the whole game, you know. Uh, I can't remember which derby it was and what the score was, but I just remember Brozovic was having such a bad game, um, such a hard time doing anything just because he had Kessier always around him. But, you know, when you compare the caliber of players... Of Gagliardini and Kessier, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, I can see in theory what he was trying to do, but we don't have the facilities for that, you know, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Uh, 
I don't know what it's going to take to get that guy out of the team. I mean, I guess it would take more midfield depth, but the midfield's solid for this season. This is what this is what we're going with, and the um, the defender is most likely going to be a Cherubi as a Renakia replacement, which I don't mind. I think I said that last episode. Um, I know a lot of other people have their own reservations about it, but I mean, as a Renakia replacement, that's fine with yeah. me. I mean, the argument I could really make is that you still need another center back, maybe. Um, when you play with three at the back and you play a high line and you want your you want your center backs to be playing, you know, with a little bit of speed. I mean, they don't really have much, but these guys are supposed to be tracking back and whatnot. So that you you could run into an injury there, just fitness. Um, so I would argue you could even need another defender, but that's gonna be the last thing Inter do because we see that management has their hands tied. We're back into the break even to, you know, buy to sell. Um, it's 20, it's 2018 again, guys, 2017 again, guys, um, get used to it, I guess. Throw it back. That's the Cito <laughs> playing in the background somewhere. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's going to be an interesting season. I don't think that Lazio, but like has to be the defining match of the season going forward. I think the team's better than what they showed there, but I don't know. You're, you're starting to limit yourself. I don't, uh, how do you feel about this? Does this really shake? whatever you thought was going to be of enter this season, or is it still, you know, early season still trying to figure things out, but I don't, how long can you give that argument to a manager and a team that's been together for almost an entire or over an entire year now, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, what I saw, I, so I saw this on Reddit and this is where the inspiration comes from. And I kind of agree with it. I can't remember the user. If he's watching this, thank you for this. But, um, what I saw is that basically we played the best spell of football under Inzaghi in the first few months. And then it kind of slowly, I won't say stagnated, but like it stayed the same. Um, also, we didn't really improve, you know. Sometimes when, when a manager comes, you know, you'll see it under Ten Hag now at United. So it starts off shaky and then it only gets better. Under Inzaghi, we peaked at the beginning and then kind of, a little bit fell off and then we just stayed here you know you could argue that some of the european performances were sure were amazing you know the liverpool match comes to mind um some of the games towards the end of the season the copa finals you know and all that but um i'm really i don't find myself uh being impressed by the matches anymore you know i think under Conte we played much better football and during zag it seems a bit more free-flowing um but to be honest, yeah, I, something needs to needs to change. Either it's the signings that he's getting, the which is tied to the financial situation, or it's just Inzaghi getting in, into his own head with, as we can see, the Lazio match with starting Gagliardini and things like that. Maybe not wanting to shake things up, you know. Um, I think that, that that's my take on it, basically. So something needs to change. Now, no, what? Uh, especially... Yeah, so we are on – so this is the – well, after the final matches today, which are still going, um, this will be the end of the third match week. So I don't – I'm not sure if anyone – I don't think I'm looking at the table right now. No one has started perfect through three matches, no? Um, uh, even Napoli have drawn, if I'm not mistaken, because, like, the highest point – 
because uh, I see they're still on seven points technically, unless I'm it's one of these live. Yeah, it's games. they're live right now. It's the it's the seventh minute. Yeah, yeah. So Napoli, I guess they're the yeah they would be the only team that have a perfect start to the season, I believe. Mm-hmm. By the best player in the league, by the Kazakhstanian or whatever he is. Yeah, so yeah, that'll be they they beat Verona 5-2, Monza 4-0. This is their first semi-test against Fiorentina. They're the only team that can go into this, you know, the the end of this match week. Um perfect. And that's one of the only things that really gives me hope. I mean, if Napoli are to draw today, they're only one point ahead. You're only one point off the pace that's currently set by one, two, three, four, five, six teams ahead of you. Um, all on seven points. That's Napoli, Milan, Lazio, Atalanta, Torino, and Roma. There are a team or two in that that are going to let off the gas. Um, Juventus are on five points. Um, they've got their own dumpster fire happening right now. Um, I don't know. It's uh, Having to look at things, and I know it's very early, but if you're going to slip up, get it out of the way early. We saw it in the second season of Conte. Um, a little bit of scuffle at the beginning, and then everything stabilized. I mean, they're two very different managers, but um, I would take the slip-ups coming early rather than when they usually come, um, which we know is December to about March. So if this is just going to be that, I'm fine with it. If if they need to work out some kinks, just get them worked out, fuck, fucking figure it out, and you know we'll we'll go on from here, but uh yeah i just i think it's going to be a very interesting serious season not that i not to say interesting is and i'm gonna enjoy every moment of it um <laughs> it's already fucking getting a little yeah. tough but i think inter will be at least a stone's throw away from first place for most of the season just because i think that that's going to be a very packed front pack of syria um I don't know if you agree or uh, what you think of everyone else so far. For the time being, I can't see us winning against any like top teams. I can't see us winning against Milan twice or even once for that matter. I can't see us winning against Juventus in the current uh, state that both teams are. Basically. Oh, I'd give us Juve. I think we could beat Juve. That's the only team that like creates more boring football than us in the final third because they don't even get to the final third. Yeah, but what's our track record against managers that play like terrorist ball? I can. Uh, that is, yeah, I guess that's also true. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's it's tough to say after only three match uh, match weeks, and with no European football played as well. You know, I think Azagi plays his best football abroad, um, not not in the league, just because other managers don't really know what to expect. Um, because here we all know what you have to do against Inter. You cut Brozovic out. Um, you play the behind the balls through through the defense. I think because none of the defense is fast this year. You know, Skriniar is still um, is still recovering from the knee injury. You know, De Bruyne has been falling off, and Bastoni, while he is an amazing defender, I just don't think he's that quick. Um, he catches on the con- on the counter attack, and that's it. You know. Um, 
it's it's much more predictable in the league than it is um, in Europe. You know, you can't really expect anything much in Europe, especially when we have Bayern, Barcelona, and Victoria Pilsen. To yeah, play. there's our um, <laughs> there's our segue. I was looking for that. Um, yeah, yeah, did you, you watch the draw or did you just wait for the results? Uh, we were playing football uh, with some of the mates, and one guy was on the bench. Um, he was basically calling it out, and I just remember. <laughs> First, Bayern. I was like, ah, okay, interesting. And then you see Barcelona. And I was like, okay, so last year Barcelona and Bayern were together. And then it was Benfica. So I was like, if it's not Benfica, it's definitely us. Because, you know, who doesn't love a group of that, you know? So obviously it was us. Um, and I think, like, just statistically, the most group of that group that it could be is Bayern, Barcelona, us, and Marseille. And yet we got Victoria Pilsen. But, you know, we got burned against Slavia Praha two or three years ago, yeah. so can't really count them out. Yeah, you can't you can't underestimate that fourth team. I mean, even Sheriff beat um, Real Madrid away last season. I mean, it didn't matter in the end, but you can't take those matches lightly. And I, it's the toughest group you could have gotten. Um, even if Marseille were there, I mean, it's it's still going to be hard, um, even though we didn't. Um, I don't know. Uh, just watching it, and every season we are the last team to be pulled from whichever pot we're in. So it's just you watch all the favorable groups go away, but you're also watching some of the tougher groups. So you're like, all right, you know, we're doing okay. And then you know, the last couple of groups that are a little more favorable go, and then I mean, it just it's staring you in the face. But they still have to pull the balls and do the little process. And I'm just like, fuck you, man. We get. <laughs> We get Real Madrid and we get Barcelona every single year. It's been five years. It's been three now of Barca and two of Real. I am sick and tired of this bullshit. Even though we were, we were first pot, we got that. So you can't even make the pot argument. Yeah, third pot, not great. But when you were in first pot, you got the same shit. Um, uh, that Yeah, that's that's all I got. I just... I, I, it's, there's some curse there. 2010. I don't know who sacrificed what to who, but it worked and it's still working. And make it stop, please. <laughs> there's there's some voodoo magic or something there. Um, but yeah, we we got the dates. We got the even the the match schedule. So first it's Byron at home on the seventh, and then it's Victoria Pilsen on the thirteenth away. Uh, Round three is on the 4th of October, home against Barcelona. Round four is away at Barcelona on the 12th. Um, the 26th is home against Victoria Pilsen. And then the 1st of November is away at Bayern Munich. Um, so we, all... And we always seem to end away to the toughest opponent. I, I remember Barca away on the last match day. Um yeah. No, there was one year I think we had Slavia Prague on the last match day, um, so that might have that might be shuffled a little bit. But I don't know. I I do like that Bayern. It's Bayern at home first, correct? Uh, correct. Yeah, I'll take that. Honestly, you know what? Go ahead and set the tone. Um, if you're gonna lose, whatever. But if you win that, you set yourself up, or even get a draw, you set yourself up really well for the rest of that campaign. And if Inter are a strap for cash, as we're led to believe, then you need that money. I think we've discussed that before. You need to get out of the group. You need to be in those knockout rounds, getting that extra gate money, that extra TV share. So 
it's gonna it, you're gonna know really quick whether or not Inter are gonna be prioritizing this this competition. Which I mean, I guess is a good thing because um, if you get knocked out, you go ahead and you start playing the kids, whatever. Um, yeah, uh, what do you think? Would you have rather had a different order or had anybody else? I don't think the order man matters that much. You know, in the end, you got, have to play them all, and all before the World Cup. I think this season is going to be brutal as is. Um, it's just the tempo of the matches. You know, I, I don't think it's going to matter that much. Um, what I do wonder is how. What What do you think of the matches? So obviously, Victoria pulls in all due respect to them. We should win. That's the one that I look at, and yeah, you should win. But I mean, should and close and all those words, they, they don't really count. So, I mean, what counts is the points you put up on the board. And I think you have to put up double-digit points to safely get out of your group. And so it's more about doing the math to see where you get those. If you do beat Victoria Polson, I mean, you're putting six up on the board. That still means you have to get four from your four matches against... Um, the two big teams, Barca and Bayern. So we're talking, you need at least a draw against one of them and a win against one of them. So, I mean, it's just wherever you can find that. I think Bayern at home is a good chance for Inter. Um, I just, we, we saw how jacked up the team was on match day one for Real Madrid last year. So... Something like that, if you can get your goal there. I mean, it also depends if Lukaku can come back and be healthy by then because uh, it's right after the derby, which, I mean, adds another complicated twist to this. Um, yeah, you, you got to find your points. Maybe you get that draw there. You lose a way to Bayern. I don't think anybody's going to be mad if you do that as long as it's not like 7-1 or 8-0 or 9-0 like we've been seeing like happening in – leagues so far this season um then barca i mean maybe you get a draw at the camp new i mean i haven't watched much of barca this season i know that they look better than they did last but they're still not what they were with messi um barca are playing so, right now so two goals by Lewandowski, one goal by pedri assist by Dembele twice and assist by rafinha so <laughs> That sounds scary. So, yeah, um, if you get a draw away, that's massive. But you ha you almost have to win at home against Barcelona. That's your most winnable of the four matches against the big team. So you need a win there, and then you need a draw somewhere to get to 10. And that's assuming that Barca slips somewhere because I think Bayern hasn't topped. Like, Bayern has been – they haven't not topped a group in, like, forever like it's been a really long time since they haven't topped their group Let me um, try and find, find yeah the stats. <laughs> yeah i'm not sure the exact stat but i would say over under it's around seven because they're just automatic and they haven't lost in a while too in the group stages um, i think they were they the first to do back-to-back -back unbeaten that that wouldn't surprise me that wouldn't surprise me at all. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Um, like they're the I'm, gold standard in that competition. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. It'll be a good watermark test for Inter. But, I mean, if you take Lazio as even the first test of the season, it's not been promising. 
I mean, I saw the stat today as to who it's most likely to top the groups and who is most likely to proceed to the final. And I can't remember the last time I haven't seen Bayern Munich up top. You know, I think they. I think odds gave us about a forty percent chance of making it out of the group. Um, I think that might be a little generous. Yeah. But yeah, that uh, that's something interesting. Okay, so last season they topped it. Uh, no, but yeah. Um, realistically, we should win against Victoria Pilsen. All due respect. Um, I can see us maybe. Maybe stealing a win against Barcelona if, if they really screw it up somehow. But they have Lewandowski, Dembele, Pedri, Rafinha. It's, they still have Frankie de Jong. You know, the only the only weak thing that I can see is the defense. If somehow they don't manage to register uh, certain signings, you know, like Julius Kunde and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I I don't know, man. It's it's going to be. Um, a hell of a season to call it like that. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting season for us. Yeah, it's very much a baptism by fire here early. I mean, <laughs> you, you get your little easy handoff at the beginning, your two easy matches, then Lazio's your test. I mean, that's already been a failure. Um, <laughs> Cremonese, that's your chance to, you know, not get the alarm bells going next or going yet. Then you have to play Milan. Um, I don't know if that's a home or away derby. But you need at least a draw out of that. Um, and then you go into Bayern, and you need at least a draw out of that. And I hate to say at least a draw. I hate to look at the team like that. But that's what you got to do. If, if this is what Inter are right now, you've got you've to be hoping for draws. Especially if Lukaku's not there, you're not going to be getting the same production you would have liked. Um, I, maybe Correa has a better season this year. Um, that's about the only hope you can have because I don't think Jack, we know what you get with Jekyll. Um, we know it doesn't work with Lataro. So it could be, it could be a long few weeks if Lukaku is out. Um, Indra Hari asking how long he's going to be out. Um, he's definitely out against Cremonese. He's a doubt for Milan. Could be back against Bayern. Could be back against Milan even maybe if we're lucky. Um, but as long as he's out, um, my 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 expectation of this team drops at least like a couple of levels. True, true. Ooh, big question for you though. Indra Hari just reminded me of it here, talking about um, Onana maybe getting a start. Would you do that now? I just saw that. Would you do that? The tough questions here. <laughs> um, if he learn, if he knows Italian by now, sure. Because the thing with the goalkeepers that most people don't know um, is that you really have to communicate with your team. And seeing how you have an Italian, a Dutch, and a Slovakian there, all that have been living in Italy since God knows when, at least. Yeah. You, know, um, you really have to learn Italian. Then you have the two fullbacks as well. You know, you have you have Dumfries, who knows Dutch. Well, De Vrij as well. So he has two Dutchmen that he can work with, but you can't use... DeVry as your translator for an entire no. match. I do get what you're saying there, and that may be something that I don't think we've taken into account. So I really I, that's an interesting take. Yeah, it's a thing that's that most people don't um, don't see with goalkeepers. You know, you you really have to communicate with your backline, you know, to set them up properly. Um, 
even with corners, you, you really have to communicate, you know, who to mark who, who to go where, you know. Um, and just seeing Onana now, I don't think uh, he still learned Italian, even though it's been confirmed and rumored that he's been on our way to to enter for the better part of a year, it seems, you know. He could have at least taken some Duolingo Italian. <laughs> yeah, he just had it on his phone while he was on the bench at, um, at IX. <laughs> yeah, um... So I know. Look, if if he learned Italian, sure, give him a go. If he hasn't, I don't think now is the time to experiment. I really don't think. You know, we are two and one, but we have to set the pace up for the rest of the season. You know, until November, we have to play six UCL games and almost have the have the season um, in the Italian league. I don't think now is the time to slip up. Um, maybe maybe against the weaker thing uh, teams that that Cremonese is but I, I just don't think this early in the season with the with the way it's been going we ha- we we do it now well i mean we know how italian coaches are they take the safe options so i mean i think your take is probably more close to the status quo than a lot of inter fans would like i i'd, I'd like to see onana honestly but i do see where the limitations are that you're speaking on and uh, i don't think we can afford to add any more complication to anything right now. I think the safe pair of hands is kind of, I mean, safe quotation marks, depending on who you ask, but um, more, more, I guess, regular hands um, is the way that Inzaghi is going to go with this. And he's not even talking to the media ahead of Cremonese. He said he's not going to say anything, which I think is a smart move because um, the media would just, you know, absolutely jump on him and everything would be a story. Crisis enter. I'm surprised we haven't seen that yet. Um, yeah, but you're one match away from definitely seeing that on the front of like Gazetta dello Sport or whatever your paper of choice is. I mean, speaking of Gazetta, we've seen today or over the past days that um, Lukaku is out for the Derby as well. You know, it's, it's just stirring the pot at this point, you know. Um, yeah, the- yeah. Aslani is, being the only, yeah, yeah uh, Aslani being basically room, uh, downgraded to a Brozovic replacement, and we know that Brozovic never misses a match, so it's basically Aslani is frozen out and things like that. So it's it's a fun time to <laughs> to be an Inter fan in the media, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know what's real and what's not unless it comes from the manager's mouth or from you know uh, Marotta's mouth or anyone like that. So. And even that, um, it's more or less just like, you know, the political answers. Yeah, yeah. So just, yeah, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Um, anyone else who, uh, just kind of as an aside, anyone else who's like me and feels like the football can get you a little down sometimes can really be something that's very emotionally trying. Like, it's fine to take a break. It's fine to not watch a match. It's fine to take a break from football for a bit. Um, I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do. I'm still going to be here, here suffering most likely. But just for anyone else, it's a reminder, like, you can do better things with your weekends, and sometimes you should. So, and, yeah, just keep that in your back pocket for this season if things keep going south. Um, Balkan Warrior asking if it's Cherby is official yet. Um, not yet. Um, I know Inzaghi uh, reports, if they're to be believed, are that um, Inzaghi has explicitly asked for a Cherby. So that might speed things up. I think Chalaba, I think Chelsea said no to that, so that's not an option. Akanji, Inter's not going to spend $10 million, and you're not going to get him on loan, so that'll be next season on a free. Um, that seems like a very Beppe Morata move. Um, 
So yeah, a Cherubi on loan for a season, maybe maybe you actually sign him and you give him a one-year contract with an option or a two-year contract with an option. That's fine. Just don't lock him down long-term, and mm-hmm. I think it'll be fine. True, true. I mean, at this point, we have to, to keep looking towards the future. You know, The core of the team is still young, but all the bench options are either old, washed, or, or we're never good to begin with. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or a mix, a mix of these three, you know. So, at a certain point, I really want to see this Italian stigma go away of, you know, trusting the older guys and um, getting someone someone younger. Because, you know, we saw how it was with Milan when they picked up Sonali when we were deciding between Vidal and Sonali. Sure, Vidal played a, a big part. I think most of the fans don't give him the, the credit he deserves. Sounding like Charmer here. Um, (laughs) no, but like, you know, uh, sometimes I just want to see us, uh, try with the younger players, you know, but Anova still hasn't played, you know, or he was just subbed on for a couple of minutes. I can't even remember at this point. Aslandi, I don't think he's, he played what, 10 minutes this season so far. Um, yeah, if that, yeah, it's, it's, it's just the stigma, you know, and we keep going for the older guys. Um, we, we kept Jacob. And then we loaned out Cetriano and other players, you know. So it's we keep going for the older defenders as well, you know. See a Jerby, uh, Nokia, you know, just bring a younger guy in, try and mold him in the in training with with three really world class defenders, you know. He can learn a lot from either of the starting three. And yet we we decide to 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 spend it on on guys that are close to retirement, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to remember to have everything on me for Tuesday because I'll be at work, but I still plan on watching this match. Um, you know, depending or not not depending on who starts or anything like that. Um, what time is the match? I believe it is two forty five Eastern, so you know, standard evening. Yeah, eight forty five in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, stand pretty standard. Uh, it's not the early match. Um, I do agree with you though that I'm, I do need to freshen up some of the some of the more fringe parts of the squad. Um, I mean, a Cherby is good for a season, but you don't you can't do this long term. Um, you can't, and you also just can't keep putting band aid solutions every season. But you your only option is band aid solutions if you're not getting the funding to have direction and i mean hopefully hopefully that funding comes back i don't know if we can you know hope on that um yeah don't hold your breath but you either have to wait for funding to come back or a new owner to come in or you're just not (laughs) we're sol um and you're gonna keep seeing these older guys come in and you're gonna see the galliardini stay even though i think he's i don't think his contract will get renewed i mean i hope it doesn't but (laughs) When is this contract up? Two years, maybe. Two more years of Gagliardini ball. Let's go. I'm sure there are some weird perverts out there who enjoy Gagliardini ball. Well, I think some people try to, you know, stay on the argument that he's a backup. And I'm like, well, backup or not, like, I don't want to be annoyed every time I see him on the pitch. Yep. I'm just trying to look up on Transfer Market when his... uh, contract is actually up 
Yeah. I think it's in two or a year or two because I know Vecino was first up and then I thought Gagliardini was next. I mean, hopefully he's next. Um, I know Dalbert will be another name off the books. Maybe there's some money there where you can get something. I don't know. 2023, I mean, next year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he's almost up. Yeah, we're, we're on the countdown. Less than, less than 12 months. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Vecino, the former Inter El Mate legend. Um, he was the fastest player yesterday on, on the game. He had the highest pace stat of 11 kilometers. Oh, the highest sprint speed or like distance covered? No, to just the high, the highest pace. I think the okay, highest so average well, speed. The, the average speed as well. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me because he worked, he worked with Sari at Empoli um, once upon a time. So I don't know if we're going to see a rejuvenation out of him. I was actually pretty confident seeing that, you know, most of the lat or that a good part of the heart of the Lazio team was going to be Vecino, Romagnoli, and Patrick. I thought Lukaku was going to have a good game against that, but maybe whatever this die strain is was already an issue. And that's why we didn't see him play very well and was subbed off in the second half. Cause that, that performance for me was not up to my expectations for Romelu Lukaku. I mean, I'll take, like if he gets a goal or, or an assist and still doesn't have the best match, I can I can excuse that because you're still contributing. But when you're not contributing and things look bad, I mean I I don't know what to say. That I'm usually you know one of the guys that gives him the benefit of the doubt, but he knows what he knows what he came back for, and if he's not gonna if he's not gonna live up to it, then what's the point? Um, I saw that. Ah, there it is. So it's received pressure stat by Serie A, and it is how much the player with the ball is pressed by the opposition team. It depends on speed, running direction, and distance from the opponent, yada, yada, yada. Our most pressured guy was Lukaku. For 75% of the time, he had the ball. You want to yeah. know how much Milinkovic Savic was with the Gagliardini, uh, the, the SMS stopper on the pitch? Uh, none. 59%. 59%. Gagliardini himself was under pressure for 54%. So Gagliardini was almost dispressed as much as we pressed Milinkovic Savage. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah, those are those are big shortfalls. I think those are very exemplary stats of everything that went wrong, which, I mean, I don't think is a full... It's not a full example of who Inzaghi no, is. it's a full picture, but like when you look at several of these stats, even pass risk... Our most dangerous player was Federico Di Marco with 43% of his passes being risky. And then- yeah, and I mean, he can be as good as you want in attack, but if he's going to be losing guys the way that we saw with the Felipe Anderson goal, you can't you can't have that. Like, um, mm-hmm. Golsens, I, I think this team still needs him. I understand what you want there with Di Marco, but it's not going to work. It's, it, it, it'll work in spurts but that can't be your starter that's not that's not a guy you go into every match with because you are going to get burnt and be the main creative outlet just seeing in the stats we really focus the play on the left side um and if pass risk stat by Serie A is accurate Brozovic, Kachanoglu and Barella had pass percentage risk of less than 14%, meaning they were very safe passes, no progressive passes from those three at all. You know, Bagin Handanovic had 
more risky passes than than these three, you know. So. Yeah, but risky passes does that take into account taking like set pieces? Because um, um, Demarco is our main set piece guy, so that would inflate his stat if that's part of it. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a statistician or anything, but no, I don't think it is counted here. Okay. Okay, so it is from open play because I mean he does and not the goal didn't even come from open play. The one inter goal, I mean, that was a corner and then it bounces around and you just happen to get, you know, Lautaro there ready to poach. I mean, if nothing was really created from open play, like it was just hope that you have enough from open play to get a corner and then from that corner maybe you score. Um, I thought that there were some good open field chances after the first goal. But Inter needed that second goal to come like right then. Um, if they, if it would have been a one-two punch to take the lead, I think we're talking about a different match. Um, but still, not creating enough. Um, it feels the opposite of last season where it just wasn't clinical enough. Uh, hopefully, both of those still click into place. I mean, there's still plenty of time for it to happen, but it has not happened yet. True. I think this comment by Indrahari is very interesting. Is uh, it weird that Limona didn't do a press conference before the Cremonese game and that he rarely uses press conferences to his advantage like Mourinho does? Yeah, I mean, he's not we, – we know he's the more uh, – he's the more, you know, guy that plays the politics. He's the company man. He's the one that's going to – he's going to say what is going to keep the pressure off of his team and off of his management except for when – management is still taking offers for players that he needs um which was that that's been his best move in the press but that was once and that was like two weeks ago so <laughs> yeah there's there, there's a lot to be i guess there's not much missing then because inzaghi would just give you know the same four answers which i'm fine with I, I guys like Mourinho have a special talent for being able to use that and if you don't have it, just don't try it. And so um, I'm not mad about that. It really has to be a perfect storm of conditions. You know, even the team that Mourinho is at now, it's like the underdog. Mourinho himself is like on a redemption arc, you could say. I think it really has to be like a, a perfect storm of, of conditions for it to, to be expected to do what he does in the media, you know, because we've seen him defend his uh, younger players in the media that have been getting some backlash and just the, the typical Mourinho uh, quotes and everything, you know, um, you you won't get that from, from other managers, I think. There's not enough charisma in the game today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, the well, as any, any professional sport has moved, um, management and manager have moved closer in being you know, in harmony with each other. You get managers who are going to be the mouthpiece of management and management puts together a lot of teams these days in any sport. I mean, at least, you know, through the major sports. Um, so Inzaghi is very much that new era of, I'm not really going to go against my management. Um, I mean, there you still get guys like Ivan Juric, who, I mean, he will go at anybody but I think that kind of leaves his ceiling around the Torino-level job that he has right now. Um, it's very hard to get a new manager that can go with the press like that or even wants to. I, I think you're right about that. So 
I guess not doing a press conference doesn't mean as much as not doing a press conference in the past, but still I do like that he's not giving anyone the chance to back him into a corner because that would only make things worse right now. Um, let's get, you want to get to some comments or no, wait, before we do that, um, just like a short spot on Cremonese. Um, it's a team that enter haven't played in competitive football since 1995-96. Um, Inter won both of those matches that season. 2-0 um, at home in December of 95, and then I think it was like 4-2 in 96, sometime towards the end of that season. Um, but yeah, this is a match Inter should be winning. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out a prediction of like 2-1. I don't think it's going to be beautiful, um, but it'll be a win. And hopefully it helps going into Milan as much as it can. Famous last words, eh? <laughs> two one win. Famous last words. Um, well, two one is the indicator. If you see, if you hear me say two one, that means yeah, I don't have too much faith in the team right now. So that's where I'm at right now. I have to agree, even with with the attacking situation. Brozovic, I'm not really convinced by him this season. You know, he keeps he's doing what he's doing, but it's not anything exceptional. Um, defense has the defense is. I, I would take a, a messy two-one win. Yeah, yeah, you just need the points right now. Uh, still early, just need points. Um, don't get anybody else injured, I guess, in the next week because you got to face Bayern. Um, yeah, pretty tough, but. Um, Comments. We have Mattia. What's up? Uh, we got David or Dave. Jesus he comes up as David, his whole government name. Um, but Dave, he said, what's up, fellas? He's doing a Hristo today. Yeah, he was supposed to be on. Um, life happens. Life gets in the way. So um, hope you're listening back. What's up? Um, hope to see you on the next one. Um, Listen, I'm not taking any prisoners. I'm just going to put this out here. Oh, it's reversed. Uh, it says Dave and Ian fucking up again. And Oh, it's also Hristo, yeah. Hristo being Hristo, so. When was the last time Hristo came on after a loss? I might have to look into that. Sometime <laughs> last season, maybe. But, maybe. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun little gag. We'll get him on when we get him on. Um, <laughs> Noor says that uh, Lazio game plus a Cherby plus Lukaku injury ruining his life. Um, yeah, it's tough, but... um. I mean, at Cherubi, you can find something. Lukaku was the one that I was like, damn, this is going to be a long week coming up. Um, hopefully, Jekko doesn't get the start, but I think he will. And if he gets a start, I want to see Jekko Correa. Jekko Lautaro doesn't work. Um, so if we see Jekko Lautaro, I'm really not really <laughs> not going to be too happy. Um, uh, but that's, you know, delaying the inevitable. Um, Do you know who would be an amazing striker right now to play up top? Alexis Sanchez, who scored two goals for Marseille this this weekend. I'm not going to lean into that one. I, I still think Alexis Sanchez is done. Um, he wouldn't have done anything here this season for me. You think so? No, yeah. I just uh, Towards the end of last season, even he was spinning his wheels a bit when he'd get in. Um, the red card against Liverpool also, I can't forgive him for that. Um Mattia <laughs> saying we're going to play against Milan and Bayern with Jekko and Lautaro. And that, yeah, the LOL is the best best expression of that pain. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe he'll be back for Bayern. Maybe Lukaku will be back for Bayern. Um, we really need him back in that, though. Um, I think Matti and I will be okay, and Christo as well. Well, Balkan. We are all Balkan. We we are used to the pain and the suffering. That that's our that's our average mood, you know, pain, suffering, depression, and then somewhere we're into wins. You know? It's in it's in the middle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it evens out. <laughs> uh, Noor also saying that our left flank is a problem. Demarco is only good against mid tier teams. Um, I tend to agree with this. I don't think Demarco, even as a wing back, um, he leaves a lot to be desired defending. I uh, he needs a better awareness of what's behind him because if a player gets in behind him he seems to forget about it and you can't have that no, that's just not that's not how you win football matches um yeah uh comments pretty slack this week but i don't i don't blame anybody uh it's been a rough week um i think we all share pretty much the same grievances right now um also asking what's going on with Gosens doing nothing on the pitch um he's still not fully fit and also there's some mental thing going on and confidence wise. So yeah, it's just been a, it's been a tough storm for him in the past year. Um, that's the guy that I feel like we need. Um, I mean, not even maybe from a tactical standpoint, but just from a personal standpoint, you need Gosens on the pitch over DeMarco. I think that he's levels above DeMarco when fit. Um, I don't, I don't think there's really much disputing that. Uh, even if you're playing with two very forward thinking, you know, guys who aren't looking to pass as much that are looking more to score in both Dumfries and Gosens, it adds something that I feel like we don't have with DeMarco because with DeMarco, I mean, he's got a good left foot. When you have Celanolu in, you have the same kind of threat, even if he's not left footed. Um, it's still, you know, sweet passes, good set pieces, um, pretty strong shot from outside of the box. So I feel like Gosens is better in there when you take out DeMarco because DeMarco can be replicated by Chalinolu in a different part of the pitch. Maybe that is bad tactics, but that, that's just how I feel right now. Like I, I want to see the guys who are going to threaten the goal the most and, I don't think DeMarco threatens as much. And what you do get there, you lose with his defensive play. Yeah, it's plus DeMarco's quite short. So you can't Yeah, really... I mean I'm not gonna, I'm not one to slander a short king here, but it, it doesn't <laughs> help. I mean when you're playing against, you know, the soft teams really don't play with um with shorter players anymore, I think. You know, even Lewandowski is over six foot one six foot two even more you know um that we're going to come up against even that Bayern now they have tricky fast wingers and i don't think demarco is going to keep up he's not the athlete that we all want him to be but like everyone says he has a hell of a left, left foot you know at least that's one of his good qualities it's something but it, i don't think it's enough uh, I, I i don't think he's quite that quality um, there are going to be times where you want him or you need him, but over a full season, that's not someone you compete for a Scudetto with if you're starting them. Off the bench, great weapon. Um, in rotation, great guy to have against smaller teams. But against Lazio, against you know the Milans, the Napolis, the, even the Juves of the world, I, I don't want to see him. 
True. So I guess we'll have to see about that going forward. I'm still I'm still holding out hope for Gosens. Um, I guess I will until he goes off like Sensi did. Um, because that's what he's looking like. He's starting to look like Sensi without the good like three weeks. Um, which is a shame. Um, I love Gosens' game at Atalanta. Um, I'm really hoping it comes back because we need it, and I just liked watching it. I, I enjoyed him as a player. Well, we're going to have the chance to watch him in two days' time, you know? Maybe. Uh, I think we'll it'll see. still be DeMarco. I think DeMarco still starts. We'll Even see. though I think, it's a great, I think it's a great place to get Gosens in and give him some chances against someone like Cremonese, but... I, I would start him at this point just to give him the confidence, you know, and then if you have to take him off at halftime, do it. But, like, just just start him. Like, confidence is a major, major part of the game, you know? Yeah, get so him ready to play against Milan. He's already got a goal against Milan. So exactly. get him in, get him ready. Um, that would be ideal, but we don't live in an ideal world, uh, especially especially if you follow Inter. So uh, we'll, we'll, it'll be a wait and see. Um, I know we play Tuesday. Um, this comes out on Monday, um, on audio. So there will only be one day, but it feels so far like that Cremonese match to me feels like it's a week away. Like it feels like a lot's going to happen between now and then. And it's all just going to be shit shows in Italian media, but you know, it'll get the clicks. It'll get the, it'll get the controversy. So we'll have to see. Um, yeah, very unpredictable. At least for me, these quick turnarounds. Like I, I struggle to see where we're gonna rotate because you got to rotate now, no? Because you have Milan and then Bayern. Like you have to rotate. Honestly, I would start Aslani. I would start. Nah, I wouldn't start Belanova yet. No, yeah. No, but I would start Aslani. I have been impressed in preseason from from the little clips that I've seen. Um, and I have from from the ten minutes that he played, you know, ten minutes is a very small sample. But how bad can it be against Kremonese? <laughs> I think yeah, that's just throw at everything now. at the wall and see what sticks. Now, I guess. <laughs> true, true. Um. So yeah, I think that's about about everything we've got. Um, we got yeah, and I mean we're at about our usual time. Um yeah, do you have any final final parting parting words, words of wisdom, words of inspiration? Thank you to everyone that keeps watching. Um if you have Twitter at Forza Inter Haiti and at not Cristo, bully them for not coming on more often. <laughs> bully them. No, Dave's always on. Don't put Dave in that. Don't put Dave in that. Not Dave, but definitely Cristo, you know. Um Definitely bully Crystal just for being Crystal, you know. <laughs> if you see him on the street, just bully him, you know. <laughs> oh my god. No. Um, like, share, like, share, subscribe, click the bell icon somewhere down here, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, wherever it is. <laughs> and I guess we'll see you after Cremonese. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see when we record. It could be after Cremonese. It could be after Milan. If it's catastrophic enough, it may be after Bayern. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. Be around. Uh, follow us on Twitter. That's where you get most of our updates. Turn on our notifications there. I promise we don't bombard with notifications. Um, 
well, you just get it when you need it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so we'll see you all whenever the next time is. Peace. Yeah.